back uh, with Sharon Lotion, uh, my co-host, and she's going to start us off with a meditation. So inviting you to notice how you're sitting in your chair and if it's comfortable. And if there's any way in which it's not comfortable, thanking that part for letting you know and making whatever changes in position that you need to make in order to feel grounded with your feet on the floor, centered, sitting with dignity, and so that you are also receptive to the energies from the heavens of inspiration. And inviting you to tune in to your breathing, taking a breath in through your nostrils and filling your belly, holding it, and then pursing your lips and blowing out slowly, letting your shoulders come down. Again, taking a deep breath in, filling your belly. Hold it. Purse your lips and blow out slowly. Exhale. One more time. Deep breath in. And blow out slowly. I'm just inviting you to imagine that you're sitting under a tree. A tree that is something that you enjoy just the right kind of tree for you and the ground feels solid and warm and nurturing as you sit under your tree and just take some time out now to be with yourself feeling the roots of that tree and your own roots of strength from your ancestors. And from your own internal resources. Tapping into your life energy just as the tree has tapped into its life energy to grow, to leaf out, to provide oxygen for you, 
that you can breathe in. And to know that the tree will absorb your exhale and your carbon dioxide. And to feel the reciprocity and the interdependent web of you and the tree and of the earth and of the sky and all the plants. And inviting you also to imagine now that you have prepared a picnic. And this is a picnic just for your parts, all of your precious parts. And maybe you imagine how you want to feed them, how you want to nourish them so that they can manifest themselves in the most useful way to you, whether that is your critic that can help you discern when someone is not trustworthy. But is in balance in a way that is not extreme toward others or toward yourself. And I don't know what other parts will want to attend your picnic today, but you will know who they are. And your wisdom can know how they need to be nourished so that they can be more a part of you in a positive way with energy for creativity and productivity for balance and harmony and wholeness so appreciating not only that there is the interdependent web between you and nature but there's also an interdependent web within you, with you, yourself, your spirit, your essence, and your parts. And that with both, we're working toward greater sense of balance and wholeness and harmony, feeding each other. gently bringing yourself back here saying goodbye to your parts and to your tree in whatever way works for you as to how you want to stay connected with them
just opening your beautiful eyes whenever that's right for you. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. I feel really, really relaxed after that meditation. And um, one of the things that you were uh, leading leading me into visualizing was this sort of the network within me. And the topic that we were going to explore today is about community. And that's mm-hmm. the network uh, externally, the people that we're mm-hmm. connected to. And we recently met for the first time. We've we've met. We've only been meeting virtually for the past year. Right. We met for the first time physically at the iLearn mm-hmm. uh, uh, conference, the International Human Resources Learning Network, which Virginia created 50 years ago. So this right. is the 50th year of that conference, and there's about 100 people that went there, and um, obviously a community built around Virginia Satir's work and mm-hmm. her ideas. And so coming away from that experience, I wonder if we could reflect on the word community, what that means, Mm -hmm. how it's built, how Virginia Satir's ideas have maybe informed your ideas of community building, Mm -hmm. and then things outside of that as well. I I wanted to explore that topic. So um, maybe we could just start with a definition. How do you, how would you define community? What does community mean to you? I think it's a coming together of people with like-minded values um, it's very different than say okay belonging to the to the local golf club in my mind mm-hmm. community is where there is a sense of belonging a sense of expectation of, you know, I'm going to say inspiration and connection that's um, very uplifting and I believe very needed. I heard a, a pastor say that she thought the next evolution beyond the human potential movement would be the uh, human community movement Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it is such a significant piece of what each of us needs Um, and I I read an article many years ago about um, the expectation that depression is going to be the number one symptom of emotional pain in this century yeah. Because people think that they're getting it through Facebook, etc. But not really. Yeah. So well, you're living you're living with some kind of unfulfilled longing for for what a real community can do for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of the research that I've I've been hearing cited a lot is around loneliness, and obviously loneliness and depression are, are related. Uh, but the idea that um, the interaction and engagement with social media and how that fulfills us on maybe a neurochemical level but it doesn't fulfill us on a on a deeper relational level and fulfill those things that we're looking for um, in relationship and when you talked about the inspiring idea or what inspires us it's uh, I think a, a group setting where you feel alive 
you know, I think about the community that my wife's uh, half Vietnamese and she, her parents came, uh, were refugees coming to Canada and the, the importance of community as a, as a way of survival of helping each other find jobs, of sharing clothes, yes. and of sharing food. Yes. At, at a survival level, obviously, is imperative for for human beings. Um, and I think there's this constant fluctuation between individuation and community building, or mm-hmm. a sense of autonomy and belonging mm-hmm. that extends, you know, in direct relationships within the sense of belonging to family, and then, mm-hmm. you know, individuating, becoming your own person, mm-hmm. and and how that fluctuation happens between the individual and community mm-hmm. and i think yeah i think that that movement back and forth between those things is, is constant and, and maybe mm-hmm. we're at a time when you know we've we've gone through a period where the individual the hero's journey those kind of archetypal ideas in, in culture have really been prominent but i wonder if now is a time when i mean personally in my own life i'm thinking about community building i have a young son so i'm thinking mm-hmm. where are the communities that sh- where we will share our values yes. uh, where he can be uplifted where, where are those communities yes. um in our neighborhoods and and, and yes. where in the city that we live so that we can raise him uh you know with that village idea mm-hmm. surrounding him so mm-hmm. um what what can you speak to your own experiences with community and what that's been like and what you've been learning um, for me, there's two communities that feed my soul. One is the satire community, mm-hmm. and the other is my church. Um, and I, I really believe that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And yeah. that, um, you know, when I, when I go to church, I find myself writing all kinds of inspirational notes based on what's happening, you know, between the singing and the, you know, intellectual reflections and all of that. Somehow it brings me into that spiritual space where I have a lot of creativity that starts Mm -hmm. to bubble. I come home usually with all kinds of notes. (laughs) Right. So that's the inspiring part Mm -hmm. of community Mm -hmm. for you. Would you feel comfortable to share what kind of church you go to? Yes, I go to Unitarian Universalist Church, which is a non-creedal church. It doesn't, you don't have to declare a belief in anything. It's based on, it came out of the Judeo-Christian world in Romania, actually. Um, And now they they take wisdom from all the great religions and, and, and try to learn from all of them Mm -hmm. Uh, but i i think you know the essence of it is that experience of of singing together you know i believe in many windows one light (laughs) whether it's different forms of of the way virginia taught or whether it's religion or whatever that there is a place that you can feel inside when you feel uh, connected uh, inspired hopeful, creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. and that, that idea that the whole is, is greater than the sum of its parts um, and each member contributing something to that. And, you know, when we were at the conference, I was noticing all of the people that were helping to organize 
to mm-hmm. to do this uh, this task or that task and mm-hmm. to be on top and just watching the people videotaping things or making mm-hmm. sure that the rooms were ready and that the mm-hmm. you know there's thousands and thousands of little interactions yes. that are happening yes. Yes. that you know you think that the main speaker of the day or the main mm-hmm. panel of the day is like that's the star that's the mm-hmm. thing that everyone's focused on and then there's all these other little elements that are happening that mm-hmm. without which you don't have an event you don't nope. have a context where people yeah. have the opportunity to connect. That's right. I think all those little ingredients coming together and that people valuing themselves through those little tasks as as important as anything else. Yes. Um, and I and I really saw that the the dignity and the pride that people took in what they were yes. doing was quite yes. amazing to watch. That nobody yes. they they did it really with a smile on their face, mm-hmm. very willingly. Mm-hmm. And that contribution uh, was really wonderful to see at, at the conference. So that's something I enjoyed. And, and oh, I, think... I really appreciate you bringing that up, Tim, because that's so true. It's just so true. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, um, I th- I'm reminded of a story from Marshall Rosenberg, who said that and he traveled all the time with teaching people nonviolent compassion communication. And when he went away, he'd always buy some little gift for his kids and he'd bring it back. And they'd be happy, right? And he said, but one Sunday he decided to take them uh, off to the duck pond and they took bread and and he's looking at their eyes and he realizes that's joy. They're giving to the ducks and that's great joy. And I really believe that, that when we can feel useful and purposeful, um, you know, what Martin Seligman has done all the work on uh, authentic happiness says so that's the deepest level it's when you feel meaningful and purposeful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah bringing those things together and, mm-hmm. and helping people unite around a, a mm-hmm. meaningful yes uh, purpose um, is is very powerful and that and that purpose can be uh, constructive or destructive yes uh, but but human beings gravitate towards that mm-hmm. and um, have a strong sense and a need to belong. Mm-hmm. How have you, in your experience, navigated? I'm sure you've you've experienced things where you belong. Maybe you belong to a community, it's not quite fitting, or maybe you're invited into a community, and it seems somewhat negative or corrupt. Like how how have you experienced those things and um, navigated those waters amidst your own individuality and um, I don't know if that question's clear enough, but... Um. Yeah, it's, it is clear. I come from a farm village of 100 people. Okay. So I know community at the deepest level. Right. Um, because, believe me, if you were in trouble, there would be lots of people at your doorstep in an instant. You know, um, everybody, you know everybody knew each other. Uh, and that, so I guess that that has, it's just kind of in my bones that you mm. help each other throughout life because of that community. Mm. Um, but in the urban world that I live in, this is really interesting because Christmas is coming up. Across the street are three little girls. Next door are three, let's see, one little girl and two boys. Right next door, there's two little girls. Part of me wants to have them all over and eat Christmas cookies, but I really don't know them. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the sad world of, you know, uh, and that's, I think that's true for large most group, people. Large urban large centers. Urban, yeah. yeah, you do not totally. know the people who live right next to you for years. Yeah. You know, and then I, something happens and somebody shoots somebody and they interview them and they say, well, it looked like a nice guy, lived there for 20 years, having mm-hmm. no idea what's been going on in that house, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just the reality that, that there are not communities in neighborhoods, even though, like in our neighborhood, we have some fabulous people who have a neighborhood council. There are neighborhood councils throughout the city, but it's not a community, you know, Yeah. in my yeah. mind. Yeah. It, we don't come together. We don't feel like we belong. We don't inspire each other. Um, there isn't that willingness to help that you were talking about with, with growing up with a hundred people, you know, yeah. living together. Yeah. I, and when you talk about that willingness to help, that stands out to me as, as such an important uh, facet. There's that uh, interdependence, which is that word that I know Virginia like to use a lot, um, not dependence and not independence, but interdependence, which is we're all we're all functioning together on our feet, mm-hmm. uh, but supporting and and seeing where the needs are and being able mm-hmm. to recognize that. And, and when the de- the population density is so great, then 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 an anonymity starts to kick in. Even though you know yes. you're right beside it, you know you imagine a subway cart like filled with people. Everyone yes. has to almost in a sense dissociate from the moment yes. because it's, yes. it's an unusual situation to be that physically close to other people right. on right. a regular basis. And you're in this kind of survival reptilian part of your brain. And uh, just trying to cope with 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 strangers, essentially. There's no rapport. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. nobody knows one another, and and it's too bad that we live in these, you know, densely um, populated urban centers, and we we aren't moving towards and preserving this idea of community mm-hmm. and getting to know one another and mm-hmm. supporting one another and being aware of of the things that are are happening in each other's lives, and mm-hmm. um, and I think that's maybe part of what in my experience parent what makes parenting even more difficult because yes because you're raising children very much with like those you know those parents whether it's a yes. single parent home or a two parent home that they're they're you know watching those kids all the time and um and that there isn't as much community support as maybe exactly. what existed you know 50 years ago exactly right my husband grew up in a similar little village and he didn't have a father, but he said that he had many fathers. Mm. You know, um, not the same, but still. Uh, and they would hire him to do work, or they, you know, he looked up to them, and um, and that's that's rare. You know, even the difference in the lack of community from the time my son was, we lived in the same neighborhood we live in now, and he could go out in the street. And play every afternoon with lots of kids, totally free and safe. Yeah. My grandson can't do that. And not, not one child do I see out on the streets here playing. They're all inside or, you know, in the backyard or whatever. And just uh, things have changed so drastically that mm. we've got to, you know, we've got to have new ways for people to have community. Well, I think I think you're a leader in that, actually, I, and especially in, in my experience of you at the conference when, you know, I got to meet uh, many of the other people that you're mentoring and supporting, and I'm one of those people, 
um, you're building community virtually. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you're reaching out to people. Um, can you can you speak to that a little bit in terms of your experience with? I mean, would you consider that you community building and? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, it gives great great joy, um, but it's part of what I hope I can do as a legacy because the people who are my dearest friends are, you know, through Satir connections. And I can call them up anytime, uh, wherever they are in the world and say, you know, I need help or I'm hurting or whatever. And that, mm. that community has been there for me. And my hope is that I can help create that for other people as well. No, you are. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. already, it's already happening. And, um, and I think your that generosity of spirit that you have to reach out, to offer everything you have, to to just give it away is a true inspiration to me, and and something that I'm you know internalizing and learning from and wanting to grow into, and I feel that through our connection and just you're modeling that so well, and I think getting to meet the other people that you've uh, helped enrich and to to help grow. Um, and seeing the way you do that, I think that that as a, I consider you like a community leader. Then, like that's maybe mm. a way of thinking about it. As someone who okay. is, um, you know, leading by example and leading with really strong values, which I know Virginia had has inspired many of those important values by mm-hmm. which you um, you live. And yeah, I think that, um, and then I think that you're demonstrating that the technology is there to reach across yeah. the globe. You know the different so countries exciting. and the different oh people that you're connecting with mm-hmm. is yeah is definitely exciting mm-hmm. and um, so there's an opportunity in community building and and I wonder how we'd reconcile we can't we have trouble connecting with the person that lives next door yes. but we are now more able to connect to the person across the ocean yes um, what like what implications does that have mm-hmm. for our future um, and you know, how do we bridge that so that, mm-hmm. you know, we can more, more on, on many different levels of uh, community or, or analysis, we can connect more with one another. Um, I think that it's very exciting because what, what we experience, no matter where we're coming from, is our common humanity. Um, when I was uh, in Lithuania recently with... <clears throat> And Yuruna was my host on the last day I was there. She uh, said that uh, she asked her 12-year-old son to come with her, and they showed me around. Mm -hmm. And several times he said, Mom, and then he'd say something. And I'm telling you the warmth in my heart, you know, and then I'm here somewhere in Long Beach, and it's it's a different... The ethnicity uh, of family, and I hear the little kids say, "All the rest was in some other language I didn't understand." Mom, <laughs> and I thought, "Oh my God, you know, it's we're we're all the same." Mom, it's just <laughs> that place inside. And Virginia would say, "We all have belly buttons, right?" Uh, but I I was just so touched by Mom. <laughs> Yeah, that yearning yeah. for connection. I remember when I was a kid, I would do that. I'd say, Mom, and she'd say, Yes, and I'd do that, Mom, yes. 
I do that like five times in a row. Really? And then just like nothing. You know? <laughs> but I think it is that universal yearning for uh, knowing that someone's there. Oh, exactly. Or, like, witnessing you. Yes. Or, or interested in you. Yes. Or loving you. All yes. those things, those those human yearnings we all it's have. Secure base, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just got to touch base once in a while. Mom? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think for for us as in in you know the adult world now, how are we? It's, it's a big question in terms of how are we building community where we live and around the world. And um, you know, Virginia talked about the family being the microcosm mm-hmm. of the world, and that it's the the connections that that come from that that uh, help us create peace right. around the world. Right. Uh, and I, I believe the most important way to do that is by having these kind of connections like you and I have, where it's, you know, there's so many ways in which we have different worlds, and at the same time, we are connecting at a human level. And that yeah. when people feel that, um, something different happens. You know, it's one thing to stereotype or classify somebody if you don't know them. But when you know them, everything changes. And that's what, for me, Satir has done so beautifully. Yeah. Like, my heart is just aching so much for my dear friends in Hong Kong. Yeah. I mean, today it's even worse. Just horrible news this morning. And it's just... Uh, and I think you got to meet Grace at the at the conference. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, here she is. She came all that way, right? Yeah. She came, and so did so many other people. I mean, who came from very far away. Why? Because of that longing, I believe. Mm. Truly, and you know, Tim. The temperature reading is a big piece of that, I swear. There's something yeah. about that that meets such a need in people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think to what you were saying a moment ago about really getting to know each other, that is easier said than done. Uh, and the process by which we get to know each other, and I think one of the reasons why you and I got to know each other very quickly is because of our learning from Virginia's process mm-hmm. is we could drop the story, we could drop the hats, we could drop mm-hmm. the roles and look at each other through the virtual world mm-hmm. and listen for, well, who, what's the essence of this person that I'm meeting right. and that, that we're both interested in introducing and meeting in that way. Each time that we meet, that's at the level of how we're meeting. I'm not yes. interested in the letters after your name. I'm interested yeah. in when in the light that's in your eyes, and right. and I feel that from you. And I think that's really getting to know one another. And then we're not getting lost in rigid cultural rules yes. or family rules or yes. ways survival ways of coping, which is all about where the conflict stems from. Mm-hmm. Now, there's difficult conversations to be had, um, and I've been thinking about this, and maybe we can talk about this next time. This this idea of emotional honesty, mm. and uh, and sometimes people I think have this idea that we're going to have a, an open conversation, and that's going to be you know somehow peaceful and calm and serene. 
but I don't think so. I think it's when when we each as individuals have the resilience to connect to what is going on inside of us and to share that within the relational space, um, in the in the space of a community, then we can we can handle the intensity of those experiences, even though the perceptions might be off or there might have been misunderstanding or a reaction that happens that let's say the community space and and one of the experiences of community that was very powerful for me that I had at the conference is I did a piece of personal work uh, amongst a group of 40 people and Laura Dodson was leading that and she really helped me move through an important piece of work and it was facilitated and amplified by the fact of 40 people witnessing that and bringing positive energy to that moment and um, and, and allowing that safety or that support for me to be felt mm -hmm. and um, and I think about therapy as a, as a milieu, milieu, like that kind of community, when I've seen it happen really well um, in demonstrations and the, having that circle of people that are mm -hmm. witnessing the work in a supportive, loving, mm -hmm. honest way, uh, I think amplifies the effect and, and how far people can move in, in their yes. process of growth. Yes. Yes. So, And you know, when you think about 12 step, I mean, there's 12 step groups thousands, probably millions of them around the world. Yeah, yeah. They're communities. Yeah. And they're communities that are purposeful, they're spiritual, you know, they're honoring of each person's uniqueness. Um, they, I think they meet a deep need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay, Sharon, well, thank you for connecting with me today. Thank and you. Um, having this discussion around community, there's a lot more that, that we could explore, but we'll we'll stop there for now and okay. we'll connect next time. Okay.